Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Hey friends, this is Dr. Trudy, the host of The Christian View. Today we're going to be talking about how grace can rewrite your story with my special guest, Kevin Swan. Kevin shares his amazing testimony about how the Lord's grace rewrote his story and transformed his testing and his trials into his testimony. You don't want to miss this great episode here on The Christian View. Don't go away. We'll be right back. With everyone in the world with their own view... Ever wonder if God has a view? And, and that's what the show's all about. What's God's view versus our view? Topics that affect our daily life. Empowering and inspiring. Right. To develop a heart, a kingdom mindset, you know. <laughs> because God does have a view. Your host, Dr. Trudy Simmons. The Christian View. Hi, and welcome to The Christian View. I'm your host, Dr. Trudy. And on The Christian View, we take today's hot and challenging topics and weigh it against the Word of God because God does have a view. And I believe His view needs to be out more today than ever. So I want to thank you for inviting us into your home, whether you're watching by YouTube, um, radio, podcast. Just I want to say thank you. And make sure you keep those emails and those prayer requests coming because we pray over each and every one of those prayer requests that come in. Um, And I want you to know that God is for you. Well, today I have a very special guest. Um, His name is Kevin Swan. And I'm tired titled this um, segment, um, Glory Re- Grace Rewrote My Story. That's right. And it's because his story has been rewritten by God so beautifully, and I just can't wait to share it. So, Kevin, thank you for coming on today. Yes, ma'am. It's been, it's been um, fun getting to know you. We've kind of known each other for the past, probably, what, year? Just or a year and a half. Getting yeah. to know you, and you love worship, and that's the heart and passion of my husband. So it's just great getting to know you. Yes. Um, but Grace Rewrote Your Story. Right. You started um, in a band. I did. Uh, and it was what? What was it called? G? Uh, six Piece. The six first piece. in my band was called Six Piece. It was a uh, boy band back in the early 2000s, back in the boy band craze, right? Um, we were founded by uh, a gentleman named Maury Starr who right. created New Kids on the Block and New Edition, uh, created our band, and then eventually sold us to a, a label called No Limit Records with Master P. Right. And you opened with... Who'd you open with? So at, at the height of our career, yeah. I think we were doing, um, uh, of course, all this, the syndicated TV shows, MTV, BET, but we were on the NSYNC tour. We were doing the Christina Aguilera tour. Uh, so it was, it was a, a fun, fun ride. I bet. So were you a believer at the time? I was. However, um, uh, I had put God on the shelf mm-hmm. during this, this segment, and, uh, and I just felt that like... You know, this is a wild and crazy ride being in a boy band and oh, touring, and uh, you know, you're you're living this just weirdly um, secular life where you think that everything is catered to you, right? And you know, there was a lot of, um, I believe, shame that went with that. So I just put God on the shelf and right. said, "I'll come back to you later." And how old were you during the time you were traveling and touring? I was twenty five, I believe, but. but 
So I was 25. The funny thing is, is my producer at the time told me I had to be 19. Oh, really? So uh, in, in this world of, of pop star, whatever, uh, you have PR people and, and production people. And they all kind of create the story right. around each individual artist. And so I was 19 the whole time. How did that affect your identity? Oh, boy. Um, I think that was probably my biggest struggle, mm-hmm. um, kind of getting lost in what these PR and these these massive investors uh, had I, had created this identity for me. Right. And so when the band uh, came to an end, um, I was faced with the realization that I didn't know who Kevin Swan was. Right. Uh, I guess when you, lack of a better term, you transition from this... Uh, this stage life into like a normalcy mm-hmm. life, and that was probably my biggest struggle that I had was authenticity. Right, you know, and, and Kevin, I think so many people struggle with that their identity. A lot of people put their identity in their work, they put their identity in their family, or they put their identity in their sports. Right, and so identity is is a huge issue that we face today. So, how was your journey? What journey did you take, and what did it look like to find you, Kevin Swan? You know, um, the funny thing is, I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you a funny story here. Actually, I can laugh about it now. Yeah. It wasn't funny at the time, right. right? And so in this transitional period between the band and when I started my career, I, I took on a, a job as a sales guy. Okay. And, you know, when you're in the sales industry, you're, you're in networking meetings and you're in uh, these private parties and you're kind of shaking the right hands, making deals. And my wife would always come with me. And, you know, I would trail off into this identity crisis thing where I would say, I'm the vice president of sales, da, 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 da. Right. And I'd start with this title that was just a fictitious title. And my wife would always call me out when I get back to the car. She'd say, why do you do that? And I said, um, I said, I don't know. Do what? I don't, I don't, I'm the only sales guy. Right. So technically I'm not lying. And, um, and I remember this one time very vividly in my mind there was about nine or ten people around and she and I went down the rabbit hole hey I'm the vice president and she goes no you're not like right in front of everybody oh wow and I was like I mean it was kind of like you could hear me swallow my spit I was like "Mm -hmm." and um, I think it was that moment that I realized what I was actually doing was was falsifying an identity right and, and cr- trying to create something that was appeasing to what society says I should be right. in right and trying to make yourself feel better which people do all the time because they don't know their identity their true identity in Christ and so we come up with these labels and these name uh, num- uh, letters before our name and after our name trying to make ourselves feel better when when Christ says that you're enough right Exactly. So when she said that in, in the midst of all those people, I mean, what did you do? How did you respond to that? Well, immediately I responded, uh, probably like any other husband would. I said, excuse, can you excuse us for a second? And, <laughs> and we left the room. And then um, as we started to talk about it, you know, I really felt that that was something uh, that was so heavy on her. Right. And my wife has always been just the backbone of our family, a no-nonsense person. So she... She's quick to call me out on things like that. Um, so when it comes to, to identity and authenticity, I would say my wife has been the biggest advocate yes, for that. Amen. Um, and then secondly, I was a part of a, um, a, a men's group from a larger church called the LDG Group. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about how grace rewrites your story. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You're on The Christian View. 
and welcome back to The Christian View. We're talking today about how grace can rewrite your story. And I have my good friend, Kevin Swan. And before we went to break, we were talking about how he was in a boy band and he was traveling the world, and but he had this identity crisis. Um, and then the Lord brought you your wife and kind of helped him um, more with his identity. But then you were talking about how you joined a men's group. Right. That taught you how to be more authentic. Yeah, so I, so this was the first time that I actually identified that this was a problem that every man, young man, young adult has. Right. I always thought it was a problem that I had. Mm-hmm. It was a me problem. Yeah. And I, I joined this men's group out of a larger church called the LDG group, Leadership Development Group. And this group of men um, really kind of opened the door for authenticity, mm-hmm. to be vulnerable, um, to love on each other. And it was, for, it was that one moment that I go, man, this is, I'm not alone. Right. Like, this is something that everybody deals with. Yes. And I was able to, I was able to kind of just, in that moment, just, just give it to them. Tell them what the struggles were that I was having. And I love that because, you know, the enemy wants you to feel alone. He wants you, and then when you feel alone, you isolate. And then when you isolate, you can't get to the root issues of what you're struggling with. And so to be able to be authentic and to share, you know, because men are taught, don't talk, don't share, you know, we're the strong people. Mm-hmm. But there's a strength in being vulnerable. You're right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think that... that being vulnerable, like you said, the enemy wants to isolate you. And I think we saw a lot of that during the pandemic when we were all shut down. Um, we were all isolated. And, and it, it's in those moments where I think there's a couple couple ways that you kind of go into a dress or, or to look at what this um, identity or mm-hmm. realization is. One, I think... Uh, you know, we look back at the life of Jesus, mm-hmm. and in every instance when Jesus was faced with um, something heavy that was coming up, or uh, or he was he knew that he was about to go into battle for something, right? right? Um, he always took time, left maybe even for days, and was silent. Right. He rested mm-hmm. and he prayed. That's right. Um, and I think that that is what's most important for us as men right now uh, to head off this identity thing is one to rest. Right. Be silent. God is always talking. We're not always listening. Right. right. I think rest is a lost art. It is. We don't. We don't talk about rest and what happens while we rest. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's about being silent and, and listening for listening right. for Him and, and and living in the Word. Mm-hmm. I remember so many times that that I would wake up in the morning with just this thought in my head, a dream or something, and I would crack open the Bible and I'd say, "Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me today?" Right. And somewhere on that page. He's going to answer some of those questions. That's right. And I love that because you're giving him time to speak, right? When we rest and we're opening up his word, we give him time to speak. He's still, he's going to speak because he still speaks today. He does. And he wants that. He wants that intimacy, that time, because we live in such a busy world. And I think that busyness is a tool of the enemy. He wants us to stay so busy that we can't rest or, you know, growing up. It was like, you don't rest. What are you doing resting? Go outside and, you know, work in the yard, but don't, don't rest. Right. We have to rest. Yeah. So, you know, men in, in our men's environments, we always, we always look to our elders and we always ask them one question and we say, you know, if you can go back to your old self and change one thing, what would it be? And then they would always say, I would work less right. and spend more time you know, focused on what's most important Mm -hmm. at the time. And, um, when you look at those, those moments of these, of these elders who are, who are very far into their life now and you go, I think I need to heed that advice. 
And you do. I think we do need to. We need. That's why they have. We have older men in our life to mm-hmm. glean from. But when you were going through your identity crisis and you were trying to figure out who you were, were there scriptures that you just really clung to? Um, you know what was funny in in our house. You know, anytime we had struggles, there's one scripture. It's uh, Proverbs three five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, anytime that that my wife and I would have some sort of struggle, whether or not it be financial or something, she'd always say, don't you trust God? Mm, yeah. Don't you trust him? And so eventually we ended up getting one of those little signs that we put above the door. And now she just goes. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got to trust him. You've got to, you know, but it's easier said than done sometimes. It is. You know, it, it is a practice. You know, sometimes you've just got to speak it and speak it and speak it until it becomes a reality, you know. And, and I tell people who are struggling with their identity, you know, get into God's word and find out who God says you are, right? right? You're the righteousness of Christ. You're fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and you lack no good thing, you know. And, and repeat God's word back to yourself so that you can, you know, it starts to take root because the enemy is going to come in and do whatever he can to keep you from being authentic, from being, you know, walking in your true identity, Absolutely. And there was a there was a book through the LDG group that I did with the men. There was a book that we studied called The Cure by John Lynch. Uh-huh. And The Cure talks about two rooms, the room of grace and the room of good intentions. Right. And the mask that we put on mm. when we walk into those rooms. So that book in itself probably unpacked tens of years of just struggles that I had gone through. Just right. that one book alone. That's interesting. You know, they say 95% of people walk around wearing a mask because yeah. they're so afraid to be authentic. And so I think that's huge that, you know, you're leading other men into this, right? Teaching younger younger men to be authentic, to, to really know who they are. I am, yes. I'd, I'd spend a lot of time pouring into the young adults ministries, um, 18 to 28. I love, love that age because that was the age that me personally walked away from my faith. Right. Um, I see a lot of young men with the same exact stories, especially coming out of the quarantine, mm. uh, that they're lost. Their self-identity is uh, wrapped up in their jobs. Right. They're wrapped up in being a worship leader, mm-hmm. being a, what I mean, you got you always got a title right. that comes and, why, and I say, why can't you just be Stephen? That's right. Who's Stephen? Or be Stephen, child of a king. That's right. You know, just how much better would that sound? I'm the daughter of a king, you know, instead of I have to put X, Y, and Z in front or behind my name. If we start speaking Jesus because we're, in, we're adopted into his family. Right. And I think that's amazing. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more How Grace Can Rewrite Your Story. Don't go away. You're at the Christian Booth. Hi, and welcome back to The Christian View. We're talking about how grace can rewrite your story. And I have with me my good friend, Kevin Swan. And we've been talking about identity, um, identity crisis, being authentic. Um, we talked a little bit about how you've worked with the younger generation, trying mm-hmm. to help them understand their identity um, and how our identity truly needs to come from Christ and Christ alone. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and just ask you know, a tough question. How is the church handling and challenging this identity issue because it's I think identity the identity crisis is across the board you know from secular to you know the churches and so how do you feel about how churches are handling the identity crisis I think um, you know what's interesting is uh, pre-pandemic I think that we and and I'm speaking from my own personal personal view uh, we were in a uh, a church leading worship and it was just we were checking the boxes, mm-hmm. right? right? We were we were showing up on Sunday. We were serving the youth. We were doing all the things, 
And, um, you know, the pandemic happens, churches shut down. And uh, all of a sudden, that was kind of the the first door open to say, let's try something new. Right. And I remember the first church I walked into, something was drastically different. Mm -hmm. And I said... I said, have I, I remember making the comment, I said, have I been doing church all wrong? Right. And what I realized was, uh, is that I would, I was all of a sudden introduced to the Holy Spirit. Mm, Right. And this was something that when you walk a path through, say, say, um, a mega church or a bigger church that they tend to, they tend to cater to the horizontals. Right. As a lot of people call it the horizontal versus the vertical. You know, we're going to, um, we're going to teach horizontally mm-hmm. to our congregation right. where some people say, let's teach to bring God and the Holy Spirit into the mm-hmm. room. And I think that's what I was introduced to. And all of a sudden I realized when the Bible says you're, you're drinking milk, and then you, you have to move over to meat. Right. All of a sudden, I was tasting meat for the first time. That's right, yeah. And I was just amazed. Mm-hmm. I was hungry. I was hungry for the word again after 15 years of being at another church. So I, do I think that the church is, is teaching identity? I think that there are some churches that obviously have an identity crisis right. themselves. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about you know, wanting to stay away from, from certain um, subjects just to, just for the horizontal aspect. Right. You know, I think so. So you stay vertical. And the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to comfort you. He comes to, you know, speak to you. And so I, I do think, I spoke at a church a couple of years back, and I spoke on the Holy Spirit and come to find out that they didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. And I was like, but it, Holy Spirit's in the Bible. Right. We talk about the Holy Spirit. We we pray, you know, we have the Holy Spirit as believers because Jesus said, I'm going to leave a helper and the Holy Spirit. And so I think the Holy Spirit needs to be talked about more and brought back into the church because it. I think it truly will help with authenticity. Authenticity, I can say that five times. And um, and identity, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think that the, the more that we, that we, um, we just encourage our pastors um, to to just love like Jesus mm-hmm. to, to, to be authentic to the word if, if there's a if there's a touchy subject that the Bible is 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 very pronounced about right um, we need to we need to talk about it yes. in a very gentle way in a loving way you know Jesus, uh, spent very little time in the temple. He spent more time out in the streets with the tax collect or the taxpayer tax collectors in the yeah. in the prostitutes. So, I think that when we're called to touch on subjects, we're to be, we're to be like Jesus That's in right. the streets and loving on them, mm-hmm. not condemning them. Right. I believe so too. We're to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to go and speak truth and light and love to the, to the world. Um, so Kevin, where do you see yourself now? Where's the Lord taking your ministry? So I'm a fashion designer by trade. That's what I do for a living. Okay. And, and what's the name of your company? Viandante. Okay. Uh, so I have, I actually have two brands, Viandante, and I also have a brand called Road Rash. Yes. Okay. And uh, Road Rash is a brand that my son and I started and I had... You know, I think it's interesting to note that when when the Bible talks about 
our ministry, right? It doesn't mean uh, that is your ministry in your everyday life. Yes. That doesn't mean that you are called to be a pastor. You're called to be a worship leader. If you're called to be a fashion designer, you honor God Absolutely. in that, yes. in what you do. And so with regards to Road Rash, it's got a beautiful biblical story behind it um, that I was, my son and I partnered with this mm-hmm. brand and I wanted it to be a, a legacy brand that we could, we had a story to tell. Right. Uh, and the funny thing is, I was just telling you about the book, The Cure. Um, that was the catalyst for this first collection of our clothing brand. And what's the name of the website? Roadrashstreet.com. People can go check out check out that as well. And so you're doing that. You have two fashion companies. That's right. Yes, and ma'am. you're still doing praise and worship? I am still doing praise and worship. I have uh, I lead worship at several churches around North Georgia, uh, but also I have a worship band called The Well Collective. Right. And if you found it on Instagram, we do um, nights of worship often. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can come to any one of our nights of worship. That's wonderful. And so if someone was listening today and they're struggling with identity, they're struggling with being authentic, what would you say to them? I would say be in the word. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, uh, be present in the word. Um, and then, like I said before, be silent and, and pray. Mm-hmm. And then listen, because I, I believe that God is always talking and we're just not always listening. That's right. That's why they say that he gave us two ears because we need to listen more because he is. I was, I was talking to a little girl a couple weeks ago and I was like, just ask father God a question and he's going to answer. She's like, is he really going to answer? And I said, yes. And so I followed up with her a couple of weeks later. She's like, he actually answered. You know, it may not be that audible voice, but it's going to be the gentle voice that you hear in your spirit because he wants to commune with us and surround yourself with, with positive men. And then they say iron sharpens iron. Surround yourself with men of God that can walk alongside you, that can hold you accountable, and that could, um, they're the ones that are going to open up that, that uh, identity uh, and make it vulnerable. Right. And they can, they can, and I don't mean this in a negative way, they can call you out. If you're not being real, if you're not being authentic, they can say, in love, hey, wait a minute, maybe you need to rethink that. Yeah. I expect my men to call me out. Yeah. And I think so. I think so. Men sharp, iron sharpening iron. We all need that. It's nothing to be ashamed of, afraid of, because we all need people in our life to speak truth, hope, and love. Don't you think? Absolutely. And you know, the, the key to that is, is we're all going to mess up. Right. God knows it. Jesus knows it. Um, but it's by grace mm-hmm. that our stories are rewritten. That's right. Because grace comes in and we're asking for forgiveness and we're asking for redemption. Um, and grace comes in and saves the day. Amen. I love it. I love it. We'll be right back with a little bit more here on The Christian View. Don't go away. Hi, welcome back to The Christian View. We've had a great discussion today on how grace can rewrite your story. I want you to know that God is for you. He loves you and He He believes in you. And so all I want you to do is start opening up your Bible, spending time with Him, praying to Him, asking Him to come into your heart, to be Lord and Savior, and He will work in your heart and your mind and your life like never before. He wants you to live the abundant life. Thanks again for tuning into The Christian View. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.